Time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. You get up every morning What's up? Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings. Another day closer to Super Bowl 58 Sunday from Las Vegas. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale moves on. It rolls right along. 2120 Witten Road. That's just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. It's the Thursday, February 8th, 2024 edition of the program. Currently 53 degrees already, partly cloudy skies, looking at a high today of about 61. There is a slight chance of a rain shower. Again, slight chance. Be cloudy pretty much throughout the day. And then tonight, some rain showers developing in the evening. Could be some steady rain overnight. We're looking at a low of about 56 tonight with a chance of rain at about 80%. Coming up on the program today, Steve Macy will join us from the Memphis Showboats at 825. They dropped their schedule on Monday. We will discuss all things Showboats right around the corner from the inaugural United Football League, the UFL, the combination USFL-XFL getting ready to play, and the Showboats getting ready for another season here in Memphis. At 905, we'll talk all things Super Bowl from a betting perspective with Dave Mason from Bet Online. And then at 925, Joe Tomek, the executive director of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Some interesting things going on on the PGA Tour. What's the latest as far as a deal with the PGA Tour, Live, DP Tour? We got suit lawsuits out there. We got threats out there. I, I have no idea what's going on. Golf, even though the on-course product is terrific. Everything else is a mess behind closed doors, so maybe we'll get straightened out by our good buddy Joe Tomac. We'll take your calls and texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, on the website, sportsmemphis.com. NBA big day today. The trade deadline comes along at 2 o'clock Central Time. The Grizzlies make a deal yesterday after making a deal last week. We will discuss that. And could they have another deal in store? We'll keep you up to date with everything that's happening in the NBA. We'll take a look at college basketball from last night. The Tigers back in action tonight in Philadelphia against Temple. And big news for the greatest college football coach in the history of the game. It's all coming up on the program today. Nice to be back in studio, but certainly nice yesterday, Eli, to get out and to enjoy ourselves over at Dinstall's. Yeah, always fun over at Dinstall's. Uh, had a good time over there and uh, hope many people took advantage of the opportunity to get 14% off all day yesterday on those orders uh, from Dinstall's, taking care of folks for Valentine's Day, their big Super Bowl parties, all of that stuff. Uh, hopefully everybody took advantage of that. Well, hopefully your ears are okay after yesterday down at the Ooh. Lander Center. Man, oh man. Was it bad? It's loud. Loud. 8,000 kids are loud. This just in. They, um, 
there were a couple of moments where like it just like it it reaches a level because it's such a high pitched <laughs> scream that it just kind of gets you. They started playing like I guess the the whatever the song is from Frozen, and the place went ballistic. Like that, it was literally like eight thousand kids singing this song it in was, unison. Really, it was, it was unbelievable. Like I was like, like "We are is, the world." What is happening right now? But uh, but then there were a couple others where they did some things that man, it was just it would just be this all out scream, and boy, oh boy, they can hit some notes. They can uh, just just a really high pitched, really loud scream. It might be tough for the announcers and, and to a certain extent for the players, but I would bet that having a an arena that's full of people is good for the players, that they were excited about it. Oh, yeah, for them, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, they don't uh, – noise and everything else, certainly. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. You know, they were they – got, they, they got the kids trained on kind of like when to chant defense and <laughs> actually when the hustle on defense rather than the hustle on offense. You got to get those things straight. Now you got to make sure they know which team is which, who they're cheering for, all of that. They try to make it as clear as possible. There were some there were some hiccups along the way, but eventually they got it all figured out. How many of those do they have? One a year? Yes. Okay. Zach, how are you this morning? We're doing good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Still got to, I'm my, my weekend is literally lock and loaded, for real. Oh, this upcoming weekend already yeah. set? Yeah, everything, everything. Well, hopefully, anything you can think of, I might be a part of. Well, hopefully, include some kind of Super Bowl gathering for yes, Sunday. Yes, that too. Okay, <laughs> that too. Got a got a big one at the house this week. Absolutely. All right. Um, Xavier Tillman dealt yesterday afternoon. The NBA trade deadline, as I mentioned, is two o'clock Central Dime time today. The X Man was going to become an unrestricted free agent. Most people believe that he would be moved. He goes to the Boston Celtics. For seldom used forward Lamar Stevens and two second round picks if you're scoring at home in the last week after the Steven Adams trade to Houston and now this trade, the Grizzlies have accumulated five second round picks. X-Man was a really cool dude. Of course, Xavier Tillman Sr., a family man, even though he wasn't numerically old he seemed like one of the elder statesmen of the team because he was so mature. And I know he was well-loved by the players and by the fans. And he'll he'll be missed. He, he did a nice job. I think he probably, at most times, exceeded expectations. Had his chance this year. Had some injuries that he dealt with. And didn't have the season to this point that he had hoped for. But that's... Neither here nor there. The deal is made from a financial standpoint. And now he goes to Boston, and who knows? Maybe he'll pick up a ring with the Celtics. He'll be an unrestricted free agent after the season. The Celtics now own his bird rights. So we'll see if they end up wanting to keep him after the year. But good luck to Xavier Tillman. He'll be missed. Yeah, obviously it, it you know, ends up being nice for him. And then you go from a team that you know, this season certainly is not going to be competing for anything to a team that um, – could be the best in the NBA, so a chance to win a title. Certainly for a guy like him, it's tough when you've got a family, and you know. But that's that's part of the business, part of this time of year um, when you can be traded. It could be traded, and you have to try and figure all those things out with with your family and and things like that. But um, Tillman certainly very professional. You said he's always like 
I always picture Xavier Tillman of being like 35 years right. old. Like, but that was like right. from the day he arrived. I believe he's been 35 since he got here. I don't <laughs> know. Like he doesn't age, but he's just been 35. It just, he's always, it's always been weird how young he actually is. But um, he was a very cheap option for a team out there on an expiring deal. So no surprise that he would be somebody that a team might want. Um, he ends up getting to go to a contender. Um, good luck to him. And, you know, we're it, it's going to be interesting what's after today is done. And we'll see if the Grizzlies move off any of these contracts for the future to try and clear up more money for next year of how they're going to <laughs> basically – duct tape a roster together for the rest of this season. I mean, not like you're right now, your, your centers, your actual centers that you start, you thought you were starting the year with, you have none of them, <laughs> no Adams, no Clark, no Tillman. Um, maybe Brandon Clark comes back at some point. Um, you know, you've got the guys on 10 day deals right now. I don't know. It's going to be, very interesting to see exactly what this roster is for the rest of the season once today is done and we see if they do move, you know, does Conchargo, do they get, do they ship out maybe a Zaire Williams, do they ship out a LaRavia contract, any of those things and how many people are left and then what do you do to fill the roster just to be able to finish the season? Yeah, 31 games to go and that includes tonight's home game against the Chicago Bulls. I'm more interested in, in what they're doing next year. What are they doing with the roster? As you just mentioned, there's still a gluttony of wings. They have traded two centers away in the last week, but they haven't really addressed that forward position, that wing position. And they pick up another wing in Lamar Stevens, who I assume will eventually be released. I can't imagine he's in the plans. He's a guy who's played four years in the NBA with the Celtics and the Cavaliers, averaging five points, 2.7 rebounds. Averaged 15 minutes per game. He was undrafted in 2020, 6'6-230. I don't know a lot about the guy, I'll be honest with you. But there is a log jam at the wing position. So whether it's addressed today or not, it has to be addressed. And so I'm looking at the future. I'm also thinking about next year. I had a chance to make an appearance yesterday on Grind City Media on Grizzbeat with Michael Wallace and, and Jarvis Greer. And we talked about the future, and then off air, we talked about it as well, about Jaron Jackson Jr. And I, I'm just not sold that that's going to be the answer. He's going to be the five. I still think they're going to go out and get a center, whether it be in the draft, whether it be through free agency or a trade, I don't know. But they are obviously moving off of some salary, which makes a lot of sense. They have to make some room, but they also have to make some room as far as roster spots are concerned. I really feel John Conchar will be moved today, but I don't have any inside information. I just think he's a, a valuable asset for a team deep in the rotation that's a contending team, a veteran player that plays bigger than he is, the way he rebounds the basketball. But I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But again, two centers, as you said, with Brandon Clark, who's still out trying to rehab and come back from an Achilles was that's not automatic right I mean you're talking about an Achilles injury and you're thinking well Brandon will be back next year he'll be 100% I hope fingers crossed but as far as whether or not he gets to play this year we'll eventually find out but no centers 
So they will kind of cobble this this roster together for the rest of the way. But this season is a lost season. It's unfortunate. And now it's all about the future and what they do as far as this roster is concerned. Yeah, again, any move they make right now, they were never going to be making moves about this season. It was always It's always about the future. And one of the big things is, um, again, next season's salary issues. And again, those don't have to be addressed today. Those could be addressed in the offseason. Right. You, can, you could wait to the offseason and, and move off some of these contracts um, for next season. Um, the, the key that the thing you can do now is get a deal that is expiring this year in order to um, get off salary for next year. But in the offseason, there are ways to do it, obviously, as well. Teams under the cap, things like that, that you could try and take advantage of. But but yeah, I mean, um, again, they're committed on LaRavia. They're committed on Williams. They're committed, obviously, for Conchar for a few years. Um, these are guys to watch for. The Luke Kennard situation, you know, does the Steven Adams move mean that they are committed to keeping Kennard for next year? Um, you know, if somebody came and wanted Kennard, would they still move him now? See somebody they would look at moving in the offseason instead? Um, you know, but the there's, there's a lot of different ways they could go. They have stockpiled now second round draft picks for the next however many years. Um, so there's, they're, they're, they've got, Plenty of those they can throw around when needed in a deal, too. So um, it's but but yeah, this season is nothing they do today will be about this season. Well, keep an eye on a guy like Trey Jemison. That's a guy who will get the opportunities, as you just talked about, with the void at center, played well in the game against the New York Knicks. And who knows when it's all said and done, if he puts up some decent numbers and plays well, maybe a, a third team cheap center that could be signed for next year. So that's always a possibility. So while there's nothing at stake, they're not going to the playoffs, always not lost because there are guys that are battling to either stay on this roster to catch on with somebody else to just make sure that people notice that they have game and that they can play in this league. That's what it's come to. Now, whether or not when some of the stars come back, and we know that some of the stars aren't coming back, but those that are coming back, whether or not Des Bain, Marcus Smart, Brandon Clark, you know, these guys are are in the mix for the longevity of the final 31 games. I, I don't know. I doubt it very much. I don't think this is a team that is going out there trying to lose games. I don't think right now, to be honest with you, that in the back of their mind, they care if they lose because they know it strengthens their chances in the draft lottery. We've talked about the draft, and we'll talk a lot more about it as we get closer and closer to it. It doesn't look like on paper, at least from what I've read from the experts. I'm not an expert when it comes to the draft, but the experts saying it's not a great draft, but you're going to find a star. There are teams that are going to be paid off with players who they did not expect to be studs become studs. It happens every year in the draft. So whether or not it's looked at as a good draft or not, there's no Victor Weminyama in this draft. But you do your due diligence. Maybe you can identify a player that becomes that really, really good NBA player, that star NBA player. It's possible. So again, you lose some games, eh, it's no big deal. It's not, you know, it's water off your back. 
But you're out there, you're trying when you're out there. The coaches are game planning. They're practicing. They're scheming. The players are out there trying to make shots. They're trying to defend for the most part. But it'll be interesting to see when the studs come back, assuming they do, how how much they're engaged in this. You want to go out and win every time you're on the floor in between the lines. But when you're a team that's out of it already, I would think that it's just natural for people to lose that enthusiasm. Yeah, again, I don't. Players on the court generally are trying to win games. They're not like missing shots on purpose. Right. The front office is doesn't care whether they win games or not and would probably prefer that they lose. And so they ship guys out. They don't care. They're not going to have any care about this year's roster as they make moves yeah. because it doesn't matter. And if they if they make it worse, that probably benefits them in the end. The again, I don't I have no idea what we will see for the rest of the season of any of these guys that when they are healthy, do they play them? I have no idea. I don't know what their plan will be of how much they're going to play guys once they are healthy. Do you think um, that comes of, down from the with, front office? From Jaron's, you know, how much do you play Jaron the rest of the way, even though he is already healthy? Right. How much do you play Desmond when he's healthy? How much do you play Marcus Smart when he's healthy? I have no idea how they will approach those things. Do you think that's a mandate from the front office? Do they come down and say, hey, coach, we're not gonna we're gonna put Jackson on the shelf. We're not gonna play Jackson. Or is this one of those deals where it's up to the Player slash trainer, doctor, whoever, surgeon, whatever they're dealing with as far as the recovery of an injury, and say, listen, Taylor, he's available now. He's fine. Taylor talks to you know Jaron. Hey, you, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm good. Because these guys are competitors, so I would imagine they want to play. Who wants to sit on the bench? Uh, Desmond Bain, you want to play? Or is this one of those deals you think that it comes down from the top where they say, yeah, put them on put them on ice for the rest of the season. Or no, I, I, think the, I think the front office is saying like we're not going to play guys back to backs. We're not going to play whatever three out of four. Like we're going to we're going to give guys nights off within these things. We're not going to we're not going to push them any more than we need to. And so they don't get in trouble with the league from a load management because these are not they're not on national TV <laughs> anymore. I don't think they might have one or two. Well, for, but. Yeah, I mean they're not on national TV. They're not. The only one on the team that even qualifies for any of that real stuff is Ja, um, and they always say that they have soreness. Like they they come up with injury. They don't say they're resting guys. They have various sorenesses. Oh, I know. Nobody says they're resting guys. Everybody says there's something. But yes, they. I think the Grizzlies lead the league in, in actual soreness. You're right. All right. So yesterday, other than the Tillman trade, which certainly was newsworthy here especially in Memphis and, of course, in Boston. Around the league, there were some trades. A lot of names that I was either not familiar with or just vaguely familiar with. Now, one I was familiar with was Monte Morris, and the Timberwolves get him. So they got some backup point guard help. Pistons in that trade get Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and a 20-30 round pick. In other words, not an explosive day. And I don't know if it will have an explosive day today. Again, the deadline's 2 o'clock Central Time. There's a lot of rumors out there. There are teams that would love to make some moves. You wonder if the Lakers will make a move. Will they do anything with Russell? Is 
Atlanta, who seems to be, at least from every indication, a team that will sell at the right price, will they sell DeJounte Murray? Will they trade him? Uh, what what will happen with some of the teams that are completely out of it, looking at fire sales? Um, will that happen? So I don't know. But right now, I would think I would tend to side with the less active trade deadline than what we normally see. Now, we've had some trades. Obviously, Indiana's been involved in a couple of big trades. We had the Harden move earlier in the year. So there have been moves this season. But I'm talking about here in the last 24, 48-hour, 72-hour period, nothing earth-shattering to this point. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, because most of the big names, I mean, the OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam trades, I mean, they were two of the biggest names that were going to be available. They've already been moved. Um, DeJounte Murray certainly is one to keep an eye on today. Bruce Brown is a guy who is um, coveted still um, as another move with Toronto. Um, you know, Tyus Jones is a guy that's talked about as a possible move today because you know these are guys that don't really fit the timeline of the teams they are on, um, teams that are terrible and or rebuilding with these veteran guys. So, um, you know, could we get a surprise? I don't. You know, there, there's there there's always that potential that there may be some bigger name that is is moved, but it you know there's not a whole lot of talk right now out there that that would appear to be the case. Yeah, Woj reporting this morning that the Mavs and the Hornets are discussing a trade involving P.J. Washington. Again, uh, not newsworthy to an extent where people are going to go crazy. I'm going to mention it when I see any Woj bomb as far as rumors are concerned, but making a big impact, uh, P.J. Washington, not the player. But we'll keep you up to date throughout the day here on Sports 56 as far as anything happening in the NBA with trades, including and especially with the Memphis Grizzlies. This time of our program is brought to you by the folks over at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Quarter of White Station and Quince is where you'll find them. And they will take care of you as you take care of whatever it is you need to get done around the home. You need those supplies for any project you need to get done. Go talk to the folks at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Their great staff will help you find all of those supplies. Maybe it's picking out the perfect paint color from their great Benjamin Moore paint selection. Well, they'll help you with that. Maybe it's the tools you need to uh, to do that. The paint brushes, the rollers, and all of those things. Well, they'll take care of that. They got everything that you need. Of course, the big green egg, all the accessories. They're a platinum dealer of the big green egg over at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Everything you need and the people to help you find it, that's what you'll find at East Memphis Ace Hardware corner of White Station and Quince. The GOAT isn't staying retired long. We'll give you some information on the best college football coach to ever man the sidelines. That's coming up, along with a look back at last night's college basketball action and a preview of the Tigers game tonight against the Temple Owls in Philadelphia as the Tigers are in must-win mode. Just underway on a Thursday, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle. Well, Fox has Urban Meyer. 
And now ESPN says, I see your Urban Meyer and I raise you a Nick Saban. If you missed the news yesterday, the GOAT college football coaches, Nick Saban, who announced his retirement not long ago, a couple weeks ago, is going to join ESPN Game Day as an analyst. He'll also work SEC Media Days, which is interesting. We'll be on the other side. The NFL Draft and some other things for ESPN. So Nick Saban did not stay retired too long. But then again, he never said he was riding off into the sunset and was going to do some gardening, and that was it. Nick Saban into the broadcast avenue, or down the broadcast avenue he goes. Uh, he's, he's toyed in that a little bit as well as an active coach. But Nick Saban joining ESPN, big uh, big get for ESPN. Yeah, not a surprise that he would do this. Uh, let's him kind of scratch that football itch without having to have the headache of recruiting, managing NIL, transfer portal, all that stuff. He can just go on there and um, this will, um, and I, I, I think he'll probably be pretty good. I think he'll be great, but that's one crowded set. ESPN said Lee Corso will be back again. So you have Coach Corso, Coach Saban, of course, Reese Davis, the host, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard. You have now Pat, Pat McAfee, who's a big part of the program. It is a very popular program, but they're just going to have to add another seat and make maybe the desk a little bit bigger, a little bit larger for Nick Saban. Speaking of game day and members of game day, Kirk Herbstreet, who is a terrific college football analyst, one of the most, really, when you think about it, one of the most powerful personalities in college football and maybe in sports because he does NFL as well. But Herbstreet under fire a bit, if the rumors are true, that he helped flip a player or helped a player flip a school, that player being quarterback Dylan Rayola. And according to his father, I was just reading awful announcing in the story they have on this, that Rayola's father did say that Kirk Herbstreet gave Dylan advice about this and he flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. This was recently, had originally committed, I believe, to Ohio State. So the question they ask, the question they pose is, should Kirk Herbstreet be in the business of advising college recruits on flipping commitments? And my answer to that is, yes, if they want, if they ask, if they want his advice, why not? He's not a head coach. He's in the media. So what? He's an Ohio State alum. I know people would really get on his case if he flipped him to Ohio State. He flipped him to Nebraska. If those rumors are true, and again, his father, Rayola's father, said they are. They did speak. I have no problem with a player, his family, reaching out to a personality, even a bigger-than-life personality like Herb Street is in college football, to ask for their advice. No, I, that's I, advice from whoever you want to get advice from. Right. I don't care. Why are they making such a big deal about it? Like he did something illegal. It's not like he gave him NIL money out of his pocket. Or again... Even if he gave him advice to go to Ohio State, that's fine unless he steered him there with with incentives and gifts. I don't think there's anything wrong 
with what Herb Street did. So, again, they're trying to make, I think, a mountain out of a molehill. We A uh, couple of texts here we got on uh, the Grizzlies we were discussing in our first segment. Uh, David texted and said, uh, on Xavier Tillman, said, going to give it to him. We'll always root for him. One of the great guys. Yeah. He also <laughs> says, I hope we trade our three boneless wings for one good whole wing. <laughs> From the commissary, Corky's, or Central. <laughs> That's a great line. Who would be the three boneless? Who would do it? Would, I guess I'm assuming Zaire, Laravia, and Roddy probably. Is it going Roddy as the third one? Conchar as the third one? Who's, I don't know who the, who the, I don't third, think it would be who the third of the boneless would be. I think it would be the first three that you said. And if you were matching up those three, to the three rendezvous ribs that play in the, uh, what do they call it? The Q versus, the two versus Q challenge or whatever two it is. Two on Q challenge. Two on Q challenge. Who would be who? Of those three players, they bring out the three ribs. One is baby back. One is, what, what are the other two? I, I, one, I, I one don't is, know. Do you know, Zach? The, don't. Well, one's one's uh, maybe without sauce, and the other one with sauce, and then the other one's baby back. You know the three that play the the two human beings during an intermission oh, at a Grizzlies the, game. The, the, mm, yeah, I, I forgot the, the name of them. Okay, well, but they but but they have names. Let me see if I can find. Them. Yeah, I'm guessing one 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 you have uh, you're smothered with the the sauce. The other one probably is without the sauce, and then the other one's baby back. So which ones would would match up with which? You got Roddy, you got Laravia, and you got Zaire. I think baby back would be Laravia. He's a baby. He's got a baby face. He looks like he's 15. I got to go Laravia for the baby back. Sauce, if it's sauce, that's got to be Roddy, man. He's kind of he's out there like a bull in a china shop and I like Roddy. A little sloppy. You need a napkin. And then the other one, the dry rib, the dry rib. That's that's Zaire. He's dry, man. He's like one game he'll go for eighteen and look really good, and then he'll go four straight games where he's non-existent. So I think I think I matched him up pretty well if I don't say so myself. Anyway, that's funny. That's a good line. Uh, Raider Corey texts in says I trust the Grizzlies front office. They have a plan and a vision. Not really surprised about Adams or Tillman's departures. If the plan is to play Jaron more at the five, I'm on board. There aren't many fines that can do what Jaron can do. Let's wait and see what all this means after today and the draft. I, I, look, yeah, they they have a plan, but you know, plans aren't always executed. It's a shame because this whole season obviously was derailed by injuries. This wasn't bad play, bad coaching, bad organizational moves. This was bad luck. The whole season was bad luck. You chalk it up to bad luck, you move on, which seems to be you know the case with Raider Corey and I would imagine most fans. But where are they going to be next year? Let's say that guys are healthy and ready to go. Are the Grizzlies going to be back to being a top two, three team in the West? Or have teams surpassed them? Look around the league. Look at these other young teams that have taken a major step forward. A number of them, led by Oklahoma City. Sacramento's relatively young. Minnesota's a nice mixture. 
New Orleans is a mixture. But when those teams are all healthy, they're really, really good. Remember, Memphis finishing second in the West the previous two years, a lot of that had to do with not only their performance, but injuries around the league that hurt other teams. This year, for whatever reason, for the most part, injuries all seem to be happening to one team, the Grizzlies. Knock on wood for New Orleans. Zion's been healthy. Knock on wood for the Lakers. Davis has been healthy like he was last year. Knock on wood, Minnesota and Cat and those guys. They're, they're pretty healthy, these players around the league. They're going to miss from time to time. you got Dallas. Kyrie will miss a game. Then Doncic will miss a game. But for the most part, they're healthy. Phoenix didn't have Bradley Beal after they made the trade, but now they got him. They are getting healthier. So when you look at next year, you know where do the Grizzlies fall into place? Golden State, the dynasty's over, the run's over. What will they do? There's a couple of older teams out west, but Denver isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Jokic and Murray aren't grandfathers. So that's what always drives me crazy is, okay, well, let's wait till next year. Let's wait till next year. In this case, you have to wait till next year, but not seizing the opportunity the last couple of years because of key injuries, the suspension from Ja. You just wonder if you'll get it back, even with healthy guys, have teams surpassed you. That's the worry from me. And the fact that they traded Steven Adams. I'm still not enamored with that trade. I understand why they made the trade, but all the talk was, well, next year, hopefully you got the big Kiwi back and we know what he's capable of doing and this team is just not as good when they don't have Steven Adams in there. And now they trade him. So let's see what they do to replace him. Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five. I'm sorry. I don't think that works. That's my opinion. Only my opinion. I don't think it works. I still think they'll go out and get a center. Well, they got to go get a center. They're going to go get a center. I need a center to start at Uh, the five. They might. They might. It it depends what's available. You know, if you don't know what is going to be available and what you're going to be able to get, uh, you're still trying to convince people to to come to Memphis. Now, it could be some sort of trade uh, in the offseason that brings that in. But yeah, they're good. Obviously, they've got to get centers uh, or a center. Um, You know, the the whole Brandon Clark situation will be determined. You know, the Steven Adams thing, I don't think they necessarily wanted to trade Steven Adams, but they. They got to clear money for next year, and I do. I you know I don't know anything. I don't you know. I wonder if there is concerns amongst them about what his health situation is going to be even for next year. Um, you know, they may that may have been something they were concerned about and said, you know what, we're we we we're, we can't hold on to him, and then all of a sudden find out next year he's still you know he's not either fully healthy or he's not nearly as effective and now we've got this 12 million dollars on the books for a guy that isn't helping us at all we certainly can't afford to have that happening well that is a fair point absolutely a fair point but doesn't it still fall back on the grizzlies organization and how they've handled injuries from chandler parsons to whatever i mean they just have not done a good job with that that whole steven adams thing was a debacle and you kept saying Every day over the summer, you kept saying, you know, about Adams, like a vague reference to, you know, I'm not so sure you just pencil him in and he's ready to go for 82. And then all of a sudden, boom, he comes to camp and he's done. So I don't know. Maybe, again, I I chalk it up to really, really bad luck this year. But I, I think you have a good point or you make a good point about that they may just finally be like, 
ah, we can't we can't concern ourselves with that possibility. Let's go ahead and nip it in the bud now. But you're also probably depending a lot on the return of Brandon Clark from an Achilles injury, an Achilles surgery. That's that's pretty serious stuff. And yes, if you can get Brandon Clark back, even 90% Brandon Clark is really, really good. I'm talking about back for next season. I'm not worried about this season. I don't think there's any way the guy comes back from, and he's 100%. He's, he's the guy he was before. But I could be wrong. Again, modern medicine, all that stuff. I know they, they do amazing things. Hopefully he will be because he will be a key uh, for the Grizzlies. Grizzlies tonight against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are in the mix in the East. They're in the play-in right now at 24-27. and 27. And they've had some injury issues. Obviously, Zach Levine on the shelf. And you have Lonzo Ball hasn't played in forever. But they have been able to persevere and hang in there. And tonight, they'll look to get a dub. Every team that plays the Grizzlies is going to go in thinking that they better win that game. Grizzlies at 18-33. and 33. Trip is questionable tonight. So questionable usually means they play. Usually, well, <laughs> all bets are off now. And, and, and again, in this season, I mean, I I would guess that he plays as question with being listed as questionable. But in this season and the rest of the way, I I I don't I don't know what any of it means. He's listed with right hip soreness. Derek Rose, who hurt, got hurt again in New York, right ankle soreness. And then Zaire Williams is doubtful with a left-hand bone contusion. And then pretty much everybody else is out. So you'll have a plethora of two-way guys in 10-day contracts once again. But maybe triple The only thing they don't have listed right now is somebody out because they're dead, basically. Everybody, there's, every other injury is taken care of. <laughs> then you have, like they're they're their game of operation. Like their their team <laughs> is the game of operation. You could do that just based on injuries for the Grizzlies. Figure out well, okay, uh do Steven Adams. Okay, that's knee. Uh <laughs> go you go right. across uh Marcus Smart, okay, hand bone. Um <laughs> like it's yeah, they, they you can play the game of operation just with Grizzlies injuries for this year. And now on the injury report you see the name Lamar Stevens trade, just as trade, right? Pending trade. Victor- what's, what's Victor Oladipo's injury? Is it is he ankle knee? I don't know what he is. He's I, I he's forget. Something. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it's something the lower extremity, lower torso. I don't know lower torso injury. Yeah, it's tonight's the uh, the debut of the new city court too. That's right. Yeah, the the court that is uh, looks basically like a concrete playground court. This will be the first time they use this this season. Um, so that'll be cool. Something something new. Does the NBA spend too much money on that kind of stuff? Like city courts and different courts? Do people care that much about the courts? I'm looking forward to the uh, NBA All-Star Saturday night and the, I don't know what you call it, LED type. LED? Yeah, floor that they, I can't believe I got that right. Floor, that's going to be fascinating. I saw video of that. That will be pretty cool. But again, it's being used in an exhibition setting it's the nba all-star weekend they're not going to use it in the actual nba all-star game which i wouldn't have had a problem because again it's an exhibition but that kind of stuff is cool you know the city edition floors every year they're gonna have a different city edition floor it's keeping the people that build these hardwoods in business because there's so many of them grizzlies last year had a pretty good one i think around the league there were some questionable ones but for the most part i don't think it does much well, the, the court is just part of the overall theme of these cities, which is the jerseys, which 
you know, they have the city jerseys and they sell the jerseys. Right, obviously. but you don't necessarily have to change a hardwood just to change a jersey. Uh, Tennessee Tom says, does the new city court have potholes in it? I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't think there are any potholes, but yes, uh, it would be nice. They, they should have a couple like painted on there just to make it look truly like the city court. Damn, I hit one yesterday on Sam Cooper. They're doing that construction and there's one on that inside lane. My house could have fit in there and you wouldn't see the top of the house. It was so bad. All right, when we come back, let's talk college basketball. The Tigers, nine games left in the regular season. Can they go on a run? They'll start tonight in Philadelphia, and we'll talk about what happened last night in both the SEC and the American and around the nation. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Tigers tonight, 6 o'clock Central at Temple. Temple's a bad basketball team, but the way the Tigers have played recently, nothing's been easy. We'll see if they... Got their act together in that last eight minutes in that Wichita State win. It wasn't perfect, but they played a lot better the last eight than they did the first 32. Is that a momentum changer for the rest of the season? Temple, again, even though it's a road game for Memphis, should be a dub. If it's not a dub, then you could put a fork in the Tigers. The Tigers will go in 78 in the net. Now, they did overnight into the morning with the net rankings and things of that, or ratings and things of that nature, uh, end up picking up a second Q1 win because Clemson now moves into the top 30, so their win over Clemson is a top 30 win. Virginia is still at 34. You hope that Virginia can eventually move into the top 30. Oh, by the way, Michigan, out of nowhere, gets a win over Reeling, Wisconsin. Third straight loss for the Badgers. In typical Wisconsin fashion, Michigan, though, is still 104. So even though they knocked off Wisconsin, they would have to go on some incredible run and win the Big Ten championship and all that stuff uh, as they are on the very outside looking in. But that's another team I bring up because Memphis played them and beat them. But tonight, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, 1 o'clock game against Tulane. Last night in the American Conference. SMU beat Rice at Rice 95 to 69. That's the Rice team, the fundamentally sound Rice team that just beat Memphis here in Memphis. SMU 95-69. And I bring that up because Memphis has to go to SMU. They also have to go to North Texas. They'll stay down there in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex to play both those games. North Texas won last night at Tulsa, 68 to 55. And Wichita State gets a 20-point win over Texas San Antonio, 84-64. So it's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, this just in. Uh, again, Rice and Texas San Antonio, bad basketball teams, despite what they did here. They're, they're bad basketball teams. <laughs> Not good. And, so, and Temple, really bad basketball team, um, who's lost seven in a row, who's... Um, 
about as bad offensively as you will find. Um, they could have beaten Tulane though. They, they can't they, they shoot the basketball uh, mm-hmm. basically to uh, to for to, to save their life. Um, they are number three hundred and twenty nine in the nation in three point percentage. Uh, they do make up for that by being number three hundred fifty one in two point percentage. <laughs> Uh, they, they're just like, this is, you know, I saw them earlier this year when Ole Miss played them. This is just, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a real good basketball team. What did Ole Miss end up beating them by? It was a close game. They actually had a shot at the end. To, did they really? Uh, to, okay. To beat Ole Miss. Uh, I see Miller's a pretty good player for them. I mean, they've got a couple of guys who can do a little something, but they have just, you know, they've just, they, they have struggled mightily shooting the basketball. Well, I think we've had that statement before in games that Memphis was playing a team where they were playing against either an inept or a struggling offense and then they found their rhythm against Memphis. Memphis just has not yet, in my opinion, addressed the perimeter defense or lack thereof strongly enough in their practices and gearing up for the games. It still is an issue. And getting out there and guarding the perimeter the way they should, allowing open threes. And this team just doesn't play zone. Very, very rarely do they. But at times you need to. If it's a team that's hot. Again, Temple's a bad shooting team like you mentioned. But if they come out there and knock down four of their first five, be ready. Be ready. You have And, and the games that are coming up in the conference, they're going to play some teams that actually can shoot the rock from the outside. You're going to have to be better on the perimeter. Temple is 273rd in offensive efficiency, um, 191st in defensive efficiency. And there's really um, no redeeming value of Temple. The only They're... thing they d- kind of, one of the things they do well is they don't turn the ball over much. That's their, uh, they, they prefer to hold on to it and miss the shot. <laughs> um, that's more their offense rather than just giving you the basketball. They will hold on to it and then miss the shot at the end of the possession. Um, much more their speed, but yeah, there's not, there's just not a whole lot of redeeming qualities. That's why they've lost seven in a row and what eight and 11 out of their last 13. Um, they just, they're, they're, they're a bad basketball team. Memphis comes into the game tonight. In seventh place in the American Conference. That's just so hard to believe. Now, they go on a run. They can get right back up there. They have four losses in the conference. South Florida leads the conference at 9-1. and one. Florida Atlantic at 8-1. and one. You're not going to get a chance to play South Florida again unless you play them in the conference tournament, which won't matter. I'm talking about for seeding purposes in the conference tournament. You don't get that chance to play South Florida and get the revenge after blowing that 20-point lead and losing that game at home. You do play Florida Atlantic twice, so you have your chance. Charlotte, even though they only have two losses, Memphis has four, you get a chance to play them. SMU has three losses. You get a chance to play them again after beating them once. You get a chance to play UAB again. They're 6-3 and three in the conference. You lost to them the one time in Birmingham here recently. And then you play North Texas. The only time you'll play the Mean Green, they are 6-4. and four. They are currently a half a game in front of Memphis. And following the Memphis game tonight, you got Florida Atlantic at UAB. See if UAB can come up with another big win on their home floor. I would not be surprised if that's not a great game and UAB wins. That's how much I think of 
Andy Kennedy as a coach. Watch, they'll lose by 40, and we'll be talking about it tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. Last night in the SEC, Tennessee all over LSU, 88-68. to uh, Dalton Connect, another huge game, 27 points as Tennessee rolls over the Bayou Bengals. He was good. Ziegler was good. Um, and that was a that, that was never a contest. They were they put that one away early. Big rivalry game, Auburn over Alabama on the plains, 99 to 81. 99 points for Bruce Pearl's team. 12th ranked team over the 16th ranked team. Alabama had been playing well. But right now, Auburn, I would have to think Auburn maybe a smidge over Tennessee. Best team in the SEC. South Carolina's up there. Bama's certainly really, really good. Kentucky has dropped down. I, I would probably go right now with Auburn a, just slightly over Tennessee. I would. I, I believe Tennessee is the best team of the SEC. Okay. Texas A&M beat Missouri on the road, 79-60. to Mississippi State needed a win. They were playing at home. Right now they're in most of the prognosticators field for the NCAA tournament. They roll over Georgia by the score of 75 to 62. Hour two on the way. That'll include at 825 a visit from our buddy Steve Macy. We'll talk some Memphis showboats, their season right around the corner. Later on in the show, we're talking Super Bowl 58. The 49ers and the Chiefs. Dave Mason will join us from Bet Online. And Joe Tomek, the executive director of the FedEx St. Jude Championship at 925 on all things golf. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.